You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor of St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from the Epiphany of Our Lord from January 2nd, 2022, entitled, Gifts That Say, I Know You. Thoughtful and appropriate These are the two words that I think of when I think of the Magi coming to Jesus to give him these three gifts, thoughtful and appropriate. And what are these gifts? We hear about them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We'll sing about them all mass today. But also it's good to remind ourselves that, you know, we call them the three wise men. We don't, that doesn't come out of the Bible. We call them the three kings sometimes. That's nowhere in there either. We call them the magi. That's what they're called from the east. We don't know if there was three, but we know there's three gifts. So what we do know is that these magi brought gifts that were thoughtful and appropriate. That they had a deep insight who this child was. They brought gold as a sign of his kingship. They knew he was a king. But they also knew bringing incense. What is incense for? It's something you use with a deity, with divinity, that he was God too. And they bring myrrh. Myrrh is just something you use with dead bodies. So they seem to know that he's going to die. There would be a sacrifice. Wow. These guys showed up with gifts that were thoughtful and appropriate. And I say that because when someone gives you a gift or you give someone else a gift, it usually communicates a relationship, especially if they know you, if they know you. Now, we know what an inappropriate gift is. That's when someone doesn't know you and gives you a gift, and it's kind of embarrassing. For example, some of you, a lot of you gave me Whataburger gift cards. Thank you. (laughs) That means you know me. But no, no offense to any of you out there that do this, but if you were to give me a fishing pole, that would prove that you don't know me or I don't do that. But that would be an inappropriate gift because they don't know me. Or if you give me a plant, I don't do plants. You plant people fine, but I don't do that. Now there was a story that I know of a, of a, a family who had two 12-year-old twins, a boy and a girl. And they had a birthday party for them, these two 12-year-olds. And there was an aunt in their life that was in and out of their life. But she got invited to the party and she brought gifts. And as soon as they showed up, as soon as she showed up and gave them her gifts, there was suddenly a knowledge that this was not thoughtful and appropriate. She brought them dolls, G.I. Jones, and coloring books. And even she realized, wow, Maybe I haven't seen them in a while. I guess they grew up and everybody was embarrassed because it was neither thoughtful or appropriate. But today we have these magi who show up and their gifts scream that they know who this child is, who this family is. And it says something. It says what? One of the things it says is we know you. We know who you are. We know why you're here, and we know where you're headed. Who you are, why you're here, and where you're headed. These three gifts speak of an 
intimate, infused knowledge that these magi from the east are infused with, that somebody lit a fire under them, that they're really willing to risk life and limb. They're not Jewish. I think in irony, they're probably from the part of the world we would call Iran or Iraq or Turkey. They traveled far because they saw a star. They knew that meant something. I think people get bogged down in, what is that star? Was that a shooting star? Was that uh, the North Star? Was it the moon? Who knows what it is? Who cares? But what we do care about is what was in their hearts because it speaks to us now because they knew who he was, what he came for, and where he was headed. If I could use another image that of an event that used to happen when there was a lot of bookstores. I don't know if any of you have ever been to a, a bookstore when they had a book signing. I don't know if they even still do this anymore. When an author comes out with a new book and it's stacked up on the table and he or she will go around, people will come and she'll, or he or she will sign their book. I saw, I saw this once. I heard about this once where a man came and had his, one of his books signed by a certain author, and the author grabbed the book and said to the young man, it doesn't look like you've read this. Have you read it? He went ahead and signed it anyway. But then another young man showed up with a stack of books written by this author, all torn and written in and highlighted. And, and he said, no, I have read these books. I'm a big fan. I know all about you. And the author signed it, and that was his gift to the man. But I would say that the author felt affirmed, appreciated, valued. He felt, in big letters, known. He felt known. Because all of us want to be known. We desire to be intimately known. That's what intimacy means, intimacy. Today we celebrate these magi who intimately seem to know who Jesus was. Because when you intimately know someone, you can't help but give them appropriate and thoughtful gifts, especially our very self. I fell in love with Mother Church. And it wasn't my whole life. I could even place it. It was about the mid-90s when I fell in love with Mother Church and I felt compelled to give myself to her. This past Friday night, we had a wedding here, and some of the families here. And I love doing weddings. I enjoy them. It's exciting. You get to be a part of it. But when they exchange vows, guess what they're doing? They're giving each other thoughtful and appropriate gifts, my very self. And when the words come out of their mouth, it says, Do have you come here freely? I have. Are you willing to give? Be faithful. I am. Are you open to life? I am. They're saying, I know who you are. I know who I am. And I know what I'm getting myself into. And to be a part of that is beautiful. Now, having said that, not all weddings are like that. I may have shared with this to you before when I was first a priest one or two years, a friend asked me to witness her marriage in another town. We went to college together. And I said, sure, I'll come up there and do it. So I showed up, showed up the rehearsal, brought the bride and groom forward, and we started to rehearse 
the vows. And about halfway through the rehearsal, the groom went off into the bathroom and locked himself in. Awkward. For an hour, he was in there until the best man, his brother, talked him out. Now, if I was a brave priest, I probably would have said, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe if you don't want to do this, we won't do this. But I didn't. And because there's lots of people there, they had all the family, you know, they spent a lot of money, got caught up in it. And all of a sudden, that young man made an inappropriate and unthoughtful vows. And I just found out a few months ago that that marriage has failed. But today, we remember that God has not failed us. And he continues to give us himself as an appropriate and thoughtful gift. That these magi, these wise men, these three kings, whatever you want to call them, they reveal to us that they say, this is God. He is a king and he's going to die for us. How do they know that? I don't know. God instilled that in them for us. That they would bring appropriate and thoughtful gifts to this baby. So what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with us? That's a good question. Well, on the surface, it tells us that Jesus is for everyone. He is light for the nations. He reveals himself to the world. And so as Christians, we tell the world a very politically incorrect statement. Jesus is for you too. He's made for you. And he has made his gift to us, his very self. Now, we do that kind of here at, at Mass. There will be a gift exchange. There will be a gift exchange of bread and water, bread and wine. And then Christ will give himself back to us, an appropriate and thoughtful gift, his very body and blood. And when we come forward, when, we, when you hear myself or the Eucharistic ministry, the body of Christ, and you make that amen, what does that amen mean? It means several things. It not just means that you believe who this is, you know who he is and what he's doing for you, and that you accept the responsibility that comes with it. That he's feeding us to send us on mission. That he wants that nuptial encounter with us. That we recognize what's going on here. That our God makes a radical gift of his very self. I believe, I know, and I accept that when we leave here, we have accepted the role, just setting out like these three wise men, the Magi, we set out to bring that light to the nations, to stick out like a sore thumb like they did, like a sore thumb like they did. And I imagine when they ran into people in Jerusalem and they said, well, we traveled here from the east to seek the king of the Jews, someone probably thought, you guys are crazy. What are you doing here? And I imagine when they told Herod, we have come to do homage to the child. Where is he? That Herod was stung. He was stung. Wow, who are these guys? He was not inspired. He was stung. And that's why he connived to have Jesus killed. Lots of things happened 
when these men brought their thoughtful and appropriate gifts. And what is our gift back to him? It's using the gifts that God has given you. Everybody in here has gotten gifts, different gifts, whether it's, whether it's gift of music, or the gift of teaching, preaching, healing. I don't have many gifts. The only gift that I have is I have a big mouth. So I try to use that the best that I can. But I think, and part of our homework, I guess you could say, is let everybody know, people around you, what gifts they have. Let them know what they have. We are quick to criticize. But to lift up someone, and if you see a young man who you think would make a good priest, tell him, we think you make a good priest. If you see a young lady who might make a good religious sister, tell them, a teacher, a missionary, an artist, anything that would be used to spread the good news. These are our gifts back to him. But also telling people about your Catholic faith, to be willing to be called crazy, you know, like I said, we celebrate weddings here and just telling the world, a world that believes you, you can marry a canary. Welcome to the world. But we say, no, no marriage between a man and a woman, you're going to look like the canary. But just telling the world that you are spreading a kingdom of God, you're using the gift that God has given you. And that gift is called the truth. And the truth is both wonderful and a burden. Let me say that again. The truth is both wonderful and a burden. Those of you who are physicians, and I know that you're in here, you oftentimes have to tell people about their wounds. You have to be, tell them, listen, this is what's wrong with you. And that's hard. But you do it out of love because you want them to get better. They deserve the truth. The world deserves the truth that the God-man is our king and he died for us. And our gift back to him is a threefold meaning when we receive him, that we know who we are and we know why we were here and know where we're headed. So use the gifts that God has given you because that is the most thoughtful and the most appropriate. You've been listening to Fidem Catholica, the homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe or check back frequently as new episodes will be published weekly.